to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I am Lucy Alice Cecil. <laughs> and I am Olivia Rain on Me Taylor. Oh, stunning. <laughs> How are you today, Olivia? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Here I am. Um, <laughs> managed to get to this point of the day. So that is thrilling at the beginning of the day i was very much looking forward to getting to this point of the day so i'm pleased that i'm here and pleased that it is the beginning of my little five day break from work so that's very nice absolutely very nice you're glowing with a holiday glow i can see it on your face (laughs) (laughs) no olivia that's gossip how are you yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I'm incredibly humid at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot of humid, a humid front in the weather, and um, I just keep can't get cool enough. Might have to like whack out my fan someday soon. Who knows? Because it's high summer soon. Oh, I went back uh, to the flat at the weekend, and I had the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that like crazy fan that I've got. That's like I love your fan. Video. Yes. So I had that fan and the other long fan out, and I was absolutely roasting because it was just so close but um it's always like way worse for that in town and my flat is like the worst for it which you wouldn't think because it's quite like because it used to be a factory it's like quite high high ceilings and brick so you would think it would be better than it is but it's bad yeah for some reason it is bad at, at yours it's it's here at least like if i open my windows and open the windows in the living room have my door open it creates like a sort of draft all the way through but you can't really do that in yours as much no um, the way it's like laid reason, out yeah for some reason maybe like where your windows are you don't get much of like a flow of air through um but yeah, yeah. fans all the way is what you need it is um but yeah it's much it's much better here like a bit more out of town it's not as um muggy yeah yeah so have you been up to much how was your weekend going to the flat have you finished painting your bathroom um the fans need to know <laughs> i haven't finished painting my bathroom i'm gonna do that this weekend um ah. i yeah what did i do this weekend well um i properly saw my girlfriend for the first time since lockdown so that was gorge and okay. we went for a picnic for my friend's birthday and that was really nice and then we had some champagne and had like the most giant takeaway in the universe and watched RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 5 <laughs> and um, lived our best life and then like the next day just like sat in dressing gowns the whole day and then we woke up and ordered Domino's pizza at 11am and just ate that throughout the whole day. Wow. Isn't that just that pure, he- like pure hedonism? Pure hedonism. That sounds like a per- like a perfect weekend. <laughs> yeah, we said that like we were never ever allowed to do that again. But because we've had, because like everything we've had to do like up until this point has been like sitting in the garden or like doing a lot of activities of like going out for walks and things. We were like, we just want to be like really just gross on the sofa watching things and eating takeaways. And apparently Sunday was like really nice weather, but neither of us knew about that because we were just like inside just like watching telly and like being in our pajamas so it was just yeah just nice to be honest to do something a bit different you you deserve it definitely you've both done like the proper like most distancing of all the things so you deserve to to not do that and do some absolute like pure hedonism so i'm pleased for you yeah we said (laughs) we said we're gonna we're gonna cook a health we're gonna cook a healthy meal this weekend to try and 
yeah, try and counteract the hedonism. Um, get some paleo. Yeah, some paleo, <laughs> just, well, she'll just have to have like, a lot of boiled eggs because she's vegetarian, but I'm sure we can work something out. Um, Kale. Yes. But anyway, yeah, that that's me. How was your weekend? Um, yeah, uh, it's been all right. I've, oh God, I can't even like distinguish sometimes the days of what were the weekend, not the weekend. It was, yeah, I mean, past few days, week have been fine. Um, oh, we saw each other briefly at the weekend yes, as well. we did. That was really nice. It was a nice yeah. surprise. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah, no, I mean, I've just been... I mean, I've not been sleeping very well, just for a lot of reasons. And I've been having like a particularly bad lockdown period and period pains, which oh. I think is a thing of lockdown and also the weather and everything. It's very and, like, much a thing of lockdown. That yeah. and dry skin is a thing that everyone has been having on lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it just really sent me west like this sort of past few days and like, I've just not been able to sleep with it. But I did manage to in my like haze of not sleeping actually like begin a new like story idea and then do a bunch of like actual writing yesterday which hasn't happened for a while like an actual flurry of creativity which Ooh. felt really good so i was pleased about that what do you think inspired it so that you can try and replicate those conditions or was it just kind of one of those things I honestly have no idea. If I, if only I knew what it was that does it, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, it happened. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to do um, some sort of uh, consultation with myself, some sort of survey, see what the, what was happening, what were the highest common factors that I can continue through to the future. Um, but anyway, what are you living and longing for? <laughs> well, this week, Lucy, I think you'll probably know about both of these, but... I am living for washing all of my makeup brushes. You love that. I mean, to be fair, I like to see it. I can't believe how much kit you have. <laughs> how much kit? <laughs> yes! It's kit. I have literally, you, you were showing in our friend, in one of our friend groups and then the other girls were showing theirs and stuff. And I was like, I have, they were like, oh, I've got this many. I've got this many. I was like, I have none of these. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero bits. I mean, I do think that I would probably have the most, but yeah. yeah, I do have, I do have a fair bit, but um, yeah, I mean, everyone who has makeup brushes knows that like, it's far more tempting just to buy whole new makeup brushes. I think weirdly on the day that we all washed our makeup brushes at the same time, like me, Kate and Hannah in our group all happened to have washed them at the same time. Cause let's be honest, it's not something that like you do regularly. No, um, yeah. Sophie Hagen um, put out, I think it was a tweet or a post on Instagram saying like, oh my God, did you just realize, like I've only just realized that um, people actually wash their makeup brushes and they don't just replace them after two years because I think that it's far more tempting to do that because you just, it's never the right time. It's never the right time. Yeah, I mean, I've never, obviously I don't have them, but like, I don't know what my thought would be. I think, I think it's the kind of thing that maybe you think, oh, God, you don't wash that, you just replace it. But it makes so much sense to wash them and so much, it's so much better for everybody. Yeah, I know you have to wash them and I've always known you have to wash them, but I rarely <laughs> wash them. <laughs> but when I do, there's no satisfaction like it. You just feel like so on top of things. Like, I feel like, if, you know, it would be a really easy win if I was having like some low level anxiety to like feel back in control, to wash all of my makeup brushes, watch them just drying on a very like clean towel. 
and then the next yes. day just putting them back into a gorgeous clean pot like you can't put a price on that experience yeah that is like that's I feel the same re-anxiousness um and changing my sheets like obviously I changed my yes. sheets anyway but like that is something like you know maybe I don't do it as much as some other people or whatever but like if I'm feeling like oh I know I can do that it can be new and it can be fresh and it can be like something that yeah. I've achieved and done and it's obviously a glorious feeling to get new sheets changing sheets is up there and also um cleaning out your rucksack or your bag yes absolutely very good one. getting rid of like gross receipts and like chewing gum packets and stuff and like yeah, I have such you don't use. Bags. I used to have like you can tell how long lockdown's been because usually in all of my bags I'll have like loads and loads of tram tickets and train tickets and stuff and now I just have none which is the sad reality of lockdown life but that's good and then the last thing that is also good is cleaning out any type of drawer especially cutlery drawers and underwear drawers yes absolutely yeah I like to do my sock drawer and stuff yeah. like that yeah um and but I, I hate to touch a one of my like least favorite things in the world is a pan cupboard so you know I won't be touching that it's too annoying yeah, I mean, for that reason, I don't have a pan cupboard and they just dangle down from the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a good move from you. Oh, thank you so much. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm living for. And if you know, you know. And I'm longing for, which I think we probably share, knowing you as I do. And I'm longing for more storms. Uh, yeah, it's actually my living for, but also I am longing for more of them. So I guess it's also a bit my longing for. Um, they are just the most amazing things and I love them so much. Have you been, obviously you've been loving them as well. Yeah, because I sit like right on top of the window, basically. So I'm like in the eye of the storm. And yeah, I mean like where I'm staying at my mum's is like a super, super small office room. And so when I'm in bed at night, I just feel like I'm in the storm, which is a bit scary. Yes. Too, you know, it gives, gives, gives me a sense of jeopardy. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love thrill. I love them. Yes. Um, uh, some cheap thrills. Yeah, I love them so much. They like, um, last night I was, we were watching telly and I was just sat like by the big window in the living room, um, like squealing with glee every time there was some lightning. And Adam was like, oh, you're like storm drunk, which I thought was a great like uh, way to describe it. <laughs> Yeah, and a good, um, a good name for a band or your new solo career. Yes, my new DJ name, Storm Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love them loads. Um, they remind me a lot of like my childhood and like when I grew up in uh, Malaysia, like when it was a uh, like rainy season, like every like day at the same time, you'd get a huge thunderstorm. I used to like go up to the room at the top of the house, which was sometimes my bedroom, and just like watch them. And so, yeah, I just, like, I find them really comforting, like, not scary at all or anything, so. I find them uh, a bit scary, but I sort of like that, like, you know, yeah. things, like scary yeah. movies where you're like, look. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so nice. <laughs> and what are you um, longing for this week? Yeah, so living for the storms. Um, I'm longing for our gorgeous socially distanced meet-up tomorrow with our other friend who we've not seen for months and months and months. I know, so how long has it been since we last saw... Sophie who is a friend of the podcast she's been on the podcast before talking about being a queer person in the army um she since left the army and um was traveling around New Zealand coming back literally like a couple of days before everything completely locked down so 
I don't know how long it's been. Has it probably been like a year? Yeah, we last saw her on the 31st of August, 2019. And she left like a few days after that, um, which is insane. That's almost a year. So yeah, um, it will be really, really nice to see each other from a distance tomorrow. And it'll just be like, oh my God, oh, there you are. So <laughs> I think it'll be a nice time. I know. I can't <laughs> imagine it now looking out at the like black skies. You're going to have to bring your rain jacket for real. Yes, I will bring my cagoule and my big umbrella your your galoshes yeah nothing will stop this distance meetup (laughs) i need the socialization please Um, yeah so that's what i'm living and longing for so as we've been talking about in the past couple of weeks there's been so much going on in the news that is extremely pertinent to our community and um, in regards to Black Lives Matter and also in regards to trans rights and that has been continuing into this week so Lucy would you like to kind of give a bit of um, a debrief I guess? Yeah so people probably like know these bits but it's good to just do like a bit of a recap of of the few things that have happened because I have a few bits that have happened in specifically in terms of trans rights and sort of uh protections for trans people both here in the UK and in the US so on it started with on the 12th of June the Trump administration um rolled back protections against discriminating uh in terms of healthcare for trans people so they sort of uh, have said that health services in the US will return to the government's interpretation of sex discrimination according to the plain meaning of the word sex as male or female and as determined by biology. So which essentially means that people can be discriminated against in terms of health insurance and healthcare in the US uh, if they are trans, which is incredibly news and very, very, very bad news uh, and incredibly disappointing. Um, and then literally a couple of days later on June the 5th, the US Supreme Court backed protections for LGBTQ plus workers. So they ruled that employers for being gay or transgender, etc., um, are breaking the country's civil rights laws. And therefore you can't be fired for being LGBTQ anymore in the US, which is a win definitely for the queer community. Um, It's just very disappointing that it comes at the same time as a really big step backwards in terms of uh, trans protection. Um, And then in the UK on Sunday, June the 14th, the Times revealed that uh, they sort of leaked a report that the recent consultation that happened on the GRA, which is the Gender Recognition Act, it has been basically, there was a leaked paper, um, the government now is planning to sort of ditch the plans that were developed within the GRA to allow trans people to legally change their gender without a medical diagnosis and in terms of like being able to self-identify your gender. For, um, it means that you still would have to go through the whole process of getting medical approval in order to identify in whichever way you wish. So this is like incredibly disappointing as well. Uh, it's been that in terms of the one of the, the worst things about it is that the response from the consultation is that like 70 people in the consultation uh, backed the idea of people being able to self-identify and uh, were all for it and very positive about it but they've decided to basically just be like oh no that's we're gonna dismiss that 
um, essentially because they said that they uh, believe the answer, the results to be skewed by an avalanche of responses generated by trans rights groups, which is just what ridiculous. Yeah. So they're saying like, we're not going to follow what the consultation said because we think that it was like done by a load of activists, which is just ridiculous. That's like, they didn't say that about uh, Brexit, did they? Well, exactly. So do, saying, doing public consultation and then not what people have, uh, what people have said is essentially like a, a, a threat to our democracy. And this is, and that's apparently something that this government really holds high. So it's uh, ridiculous that that is their response. Um, and it's also the idea that like, they can't bear to imagine that the general public are totally fine with people self-identifying. They have to say that it was loads of trans activists because how else could that be the result? And it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as as we all know, marginalised communities like trans people are always at the pointy end of decisions like this. And I think what a lot of people fail to possibly recognise is that, you know, that's been the reality for trans people for a really long time. But if things like this get passed, I think what people don't necessarily realise is that has a drip down effect so you should care about trans people because you should care about everyone but if you are selfish and you only care about yourself you should also care about this because it will undoubtedly affect you as we move forward and if this is the beginning of legisl legislation that you know stops people from being able to um have autonomy over their own selfhood then where does that end yes exactly um a threat to trans threat to any minority is threat to everyone um and you know it, it's just it just seems like it's this unrelenting uh spew of uh anti-trans legislation and speech and uh you know action that's going on it's just not okay and um what what the most important thing about this to to do good is to stand up against it to email your mps in this country except so easy to do um and it does make a difference if you if we continue to tell our government this is not okay they do have to listen to us we live in a country where they have to listen to us and they have to respond to us and if we hold people accountable there's more likelihood that we can stop things like this happening yeah and hopefully you know um people have been galvanized to become a little bit more galvanized and enthusiastic about how they can show their support and also just a bit more educated about what they can actually do and feeling sort of empowered and like you say there are things that we can do we live in a democracy we can show our support or lack of support for these bills we can write to our mps we can go to protests we can organize you know instagram has been a brilliant resource for this and there's information on our instagram and on basically everyone we follow's instagram about how you can do this if you feel like you don't know where to start um and you know cumulatively it makes a massive difference as we've seen in you know the triumphs that have kind of peppered this really difficult time that everyone has been going through for the past couple of months and you know in a broader sense forever um 
also related to this have you seen um the story about jk rowling and hachette publishing house yes i have there are people there working who work in there refusing to work on the job aren't they um yeah yeah so jk rowling um is writing a children's book and so there's been um which has been picked up by hachette and there's been um, an internal war between um people who work there oh that thunder um with people refusing to work on the book. So um, it it is good to see that I think people are feeling a bit less afraid to speak up about what they believe in at the moment. That being said, obviously, you know, the publishing world, the media world is um, a lot more sort of traditionally or historically, I suppose, progressive. And maybe people feel like it's safer in those spaces to speak out. I'm sure there are places in that world where people don't. But um, I hope that that is the beginnings of, you know, people feeling that they can bring their own um, politics and sort of moral values to who they are as a person in a professional sense as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like the more it happens in any setting, the more it makes other people feel um, and people hear about it, the more it makes them feel comfortable to do it themselves um, and like step up and speak out. And like, it's important to recognize that like, you know, and I think a lot of people have been reckoning with this over the past few weeks that like, you do have a voice and you can use it and you like, the, the space is there for you to do that and therefore do that with like all your goodwill and all the things that you do believe in. Um, and like, you know, um, so so for example, in terms of like, trans rights and um the gra consultation and stuff gendered intelligence had a really great mail out like really simple you go through you can type in your own words um there's a template and then you send it it gets sent to the prime minister and and they tweeted earlier today that they have tracked that twenty thousand people have sent a letter just today um and they've had that be available for the past couple of days and that was just today so it does show that you know, if you, you've got your eyes peeled and you look for like these simple things and loads of people are picking them up and sharing them at the moment, that all it takes is like less than five minutes of your day, a couple minutes of your day while like the kettle's boiling or something, whatever. You can just do it. It's super easy. And you're adding your voice to important things that need to be spoken about. Um, and yeah, just urge people to do that. Yeah. And I think it's that, that demystification of politics and making it... Um, accessible and transparent I think is the key uh the key sort of step to success because I think a lot of people feel really sort of out of that walled garden and that they couldn't possibly contribute because they don't have all the facts or might not understand every single thing but I think that yeah there's been a lot of people doing a lot of that groundwork um to um to make that happen and to make it more accessible and to embolden people to feel like they can make a change and that their voice is just as important as the person next to them and I think that you know whilst we're going through quite possibly one of the most sort of up and down unrestful times in our society um I think it's also inevitably like brought about a lot of good amongst communities so yeah um hopefully that continues and we get more positive results like the one that we got um this week with the Supreme Court ruling so aside from taking in all of the news have you been watching anything or reading anything listening to anything what have you been consuming this week 
Well, I've continued to watch I May Destroy You. I watched episode three last night. And yeah, I think, I think um, to me, it gets better and better um, as it goes on, which is kind of, was kind of my prediction. I did, <coughs> excuse me. When I, um, when I watched the very first episode, I thought that it was good, but maybe didn't quite grab me in the way of that, like, some of my other absolute favorite shows had, but I definitely enjoyed it and was engaged by it. But I had a feeling that it was the kind of show that by nature of what it's about um, was going to rely on sort of telling this story through time because it's a story of memory and consent and jumping back and forth in time. So I think that as we go further and further into the series, it gets better and better as you kind of unwrap these memories um and just sort of go back and forth to um explore the main character's um story but what I also love about it is obviously you know it's a story that centers around some it's a story that centers around a sexual assault and um the main character's memory or lack of memory around that as she tries to kind of unfurl everything that's happened within the context of like consent in 2020 and what that means and relationships and um, trauma and race and all of these issues that kind of weave through the series but also what I love is that it manages just to be really funny and really relatable and um, just kind of light and bright and hopeful and real and you know it has a moment in the latest episode where we see her sat on a toilet putting a pad on and that's never been shown on TV before. And yet that is a part, an everyday part of um, a lot of people's lives that never sort of gets recognized or explored in any way. And I think it's done really cleverly. It's done in a way without feeling like it's just inserted into the narrative for some kind of like shock value, but rather it feels like it's there to sort of create this 360 picture of just this woman who is, like you in so many ways and in a way that it's not so like overly narrativized for tv um and i think that that is something that feels really new and exciting to watch yeah i completely agree uh, i totally noticed the pad moment as i'm sure most people who uh, have a period would i thought that was brilliant i thought that episode was so funny like we yeah. were creasing like I, I thought it was one of the funniest things I've seen in a while loved it loads obviously it's like a standalone at the moment episode where they were not in London they were in Italy which you know I always love standalone yes, yes. <laughs> and also um, the night out the night out bit where they're in that club in Italy which is called the bamboo which hilariously is like the club du jour down the road from like where my mom lives like where I grew up really everyone like cuts their going out teeth on going out to the bamboo so it felt you know even more relatable to me <laughs> yeah that going that going out scene was and like them just getting completely fucked up was so perfectly done so funny but done in such a way that felt incredibly relatable and yeah I, I think as you all the things you've said as it goes on it gets better it's more and more intriguing uh and I just think it's super fun and exciting to have like somebody else who is like creating like new exciting telly and will hopefully do so for a long time. Like, you know, it's going to be, it's like one of those things where it's going to be like, I love this so much. I'm going to want to watch like anything Michaela Cole does because I know that she's got this great like 
vision and voice and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, no, I'm really enjoying that as well. So hopefully it continues to be really good. What else have you been watching? So I have started watching um, the second season of Homecoming, um, which is an Amazon Prime TV series. Right, okay. Um, I really struggled with the first series of Homecoming. Are they right? Because obviously, love Janelle Monet, obsessed, but I didn't know whether I would have to go back and actually finish Homecoming series one to maybe try series two. So... They are related, but you definitely could watch season two without watching season one. You might be a bit, if you've seen a bit of season one, you'll be like, totally fine. If you haven't seen any of it, you might be a bit like, what? But um, it's, so season one is, uh, follows like Julia Roberts as a character who works in a program called Homecoming, which is for soldiers who are coming back from war zones suffering with PTSD. And essentially, I mean, spoiler alert, spoiler alerts. Uh, they use a substance uh, which allows the soldiers to forget what happened to them and therefore not suffer from PTSD anymore, as it were. That's a loose uh, summary of what happens. And season two um, begins with Janelle Monet up on a boat in the middle of a lake and she's got like no idea where she's there and it's sort of tracking her. And it's just so good. It does such, it's such a good like eerie mystery sort of what's going on kind of thing which I love telly like that I think that's what I struggled with because I kept waiting in see in series one for there to be some kind of like clarity or like a moment where I'd be like oh yeah like I feel like I'm being taken along with something like it felt a bit too kind of sprawling for me like I couldn't quite grasp onto anything in a way in the way that I wanted to right yeah okay no I, I, I can see that I think with season two it's way more like apparent what's happening from the get-go in a sense because you already a bit know so it's probably better in that sense it's Janelle Monáe is obviously fantastic love her loads I, I found out that it's actually based on a podcast which was like a, a serialization like a fictional serialization which kind of makes sense um and I'm intrigued to listen to that I might give that a go and see what that was like um but I quite I mean I like it because it's like spooky it's like what's going on it's uh basically like a bit dystopic because there's like this weird substance that can do stuff that like you know doesn't actually happen in the real world maybe who knows maybe it is real um so um i like it. i would say give season two a go and also without giving too many spoilers it's a little bit queer so get it what i also um love janelle Monet as an actor i loved her in hidden figures i thought she was amazing so i am very keen to give this one a try but yeah had a bit of an up and down experience with the first series so yeah i think i'll probably give i'll give it a go you've inspired me to give it a try oh good <laughs> he's an influence um aside from that uh, aside from that, um, what I've watched um, one film I just wanted to give a tiny review of, which is the film Hustlers. Have you seen Hustlers? Right. I try and recommend Hustlers to my mum every single night, but my mum is not about it. <laughs> she won't watch... Should I just put it on then, on the Chromecast? <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, my mum's asked me to put Grey's Anatomy on um, because our smart TV's broken, so I have to do it from my Chromecast, which is attached to my phone. So, um, yeah... I could I could change it now. I have no choice. Hustlers. I want to watch this film so much, but and yet because my only time that I can watch things are like when I'm having dinner, but she won't. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, is it the best thing ever? No. Oh. So you might not even be missing out that much. This will make you feel better or worse. It 
starts off incredibly well, very promising. You're sort of like, yeah, okay, this is fun. And it's like a really, you know, great thing. JLo is amazing. Basically everyone who's in it is amazing. Um, and it's loads of sort of fun. You're like, yes, they're going to like um, fuck with these Wall Street guys. Love to see it. Um, but very quickly, it just, right. Number one, it's too long. It does not need to be as long as it is. How long An hour is it? 45. An hour 45, which is not that long. It's but not that long. It's too, it's too long for what it uh, is. It falls. Oh, under- maybe, maybe it is longer. An hour 50, maybe. Oh, well, it falls underneath your two hour film threshold in your household. So <laughs> it's still permissible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's very just formulaic like you you know what's sort of going to happen which is fine because like you know you can do that with a lot of stories but there's like no real twists and turns to it nothing like unexpected really happens and therefore it's not it doesn't keep you interested really um and also there are just one and I, I never thought I'd say this but there's just one or two too many scenes that are just montages with really loud like music and like popping bots which like I love <laughs> But there's just one too many scenes of it. Do you think so it's, it's because you're getting like over overly stimulated by things that you can't relate to anymore? Maybe. I do find it difficult to watch like anything where anyone's in the club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if just like people like brush hands, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to um help um Izzy on a walk with this last weekend with my hand. I had to hold her hand and I was like, oh <laughs> I haven't, like touched anyone in so long. <laughs> It was weird, but um, yeah, no, I mean, it's good. And I think, I think you'd enjoy it. And I didn't hate it, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. It wasn't does, as good as I expected it to be. Does, um, do Lizzo and Cardi have like proper parts or are they just like in it a tiny bit? No, I'd say they're like cameos. They're in it for maybe like five minutes each. Okay. Yeah, but it's good. And like, yeah, it's just a bit, repetitive and a bit like doesn't really go anywhere any gay rights not that i can remember although there is a bit this is a bit of a spoiler but not really it's not it's not to the plot where usher turns up which (laughs) does make the whole thing worth it (laughs) okay so yes you should watch it with your mom absolutely <laughs> does he perform good kisser because then i'm watch- i'm turning off the zoom and i'm watching it right now do you not think i would have called you right there and then <laughs> you performed good kisser? <laughs> yeah the best the best the best usher song that he's ever done don't at me oh i'm gonna listen to that as soon as this is over <laughs> yeah chitty chitty bang bang Oh yeah, I also wanted to do very quick recap. I have now finished Girl, Woman, Other, which I know you spoke about on the pod um, a couple weeks ago when you finished it. Um, and uh, I just um, wanted to throw my, what did you say? Throw your hat, hat in the, the ring. ring. <laughs> yes, I got it right. Yeah, you come to me for the idioms. I'll I know. <laughs> I'm, such a good, I'm such a good pupil. I've learned them from you. So please, because I always get them wrong. <laughs> Anyway, I nearly said throw. I nearly said throw your hat on the table. So, <laughs> well, you could do that as well. Um, so, how did you find the book? And also, we need to talk about the lesbian commune story because that's what I've been dying to talk to you about. Yeah. So, um, right, I have a lot of feelings about this book. Basically, um, had a big debrief with Izzy post reading it. Um, Has she read it as well? She- 
yeah she'd read it and she'd done it for partisan book club so she'd like spoken to a few people about it right basically i very much enjoyed my experience of reading it it's a very good nice book to read it's very easy to read it is written in a very accessible way but i found a lot of parts of it super cringy um in terms of the writing and i couldn't tell when she was being serious or not like when she was taking the piss out of a character or not so without like too much spoiler as it were there is um you know the seemingly when she writes about the seemingly uh, white character of the book you she writes in a way that is definitely like taking the piss out of her and is like taking the piss out of her lifestyle and the way that she is sort of subtly racist etc and has loads of microaggressions mm. um but then she also writes very similarly about a lot of the other characters and i was like is she so i just couldn't tell when she was being serious or not um and whether or not she was trying to be funny but i wasn't finding it funny or i was just finding it cringy and therefore it just wasn't written for my sense of humor etc but i did really enjoy it and i think there are some really great like um outstanding stories in there um and like you said some not so much i found the trans character story very surface level i googled what a trans experience is here it is on paper it wasn't particularly deep and was sort of like very and that's just my that's Izzy said Izzy said she felt the same like it was just sort of like oh this is what like would happen to a trans person I mean I, it's good that she is writing a trans character definitely but that's how I felt about that um and I just felt like a lot of it was quite actually surfacey about the characters and maybe could have been I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't hate it though. So it's really hard to talk about. I do understand your point about the trans story. Um, yes, it's good that it's been included, but that doesn't mean that it can't be, you know, critiqued and reviewed um, for how well people thought that was depicted. And um, I guess, I guess as well, on the same point it's difficult to really sort of cut to like the core being of a person when you have like 12 short stories, which I think that like broadly she was able to like weave those narratives together really well, but it would have to probably be like four volumes to even sort of try and do that in a really sort of in the round total way. So I do, I do see what you mean, but I also think that she did a good job. Yeah, no, definitely same. I just, uh, I, th I think maybe I thought, I think maybe going into it, I thought it would, it was going to be different from what it was, if that makes sense. Um, but yes, lesbian commune, mm. great, love that. Lo bit. Well, I mean, love that bit for the lesbian commune. Obviously, uh, love to think about how that will be our uh, future one day. But also hated that chapter because of the incredibly toxic character in it and the relationship that was going on. It made me feel very horrible. But um, yes same but I also think that it's really important to surface these stories in a way that like make lesbian experience in print and in literature more than you know coming out coming of age sexuality like although it's really difficult to hear these things and read them as a queer person I think that yeah it's it's important like I always say we 
deserve all things and we deserve these stories to be told about us and for us as well and it reminds me of a novel which came out I think quite recently maybe a year or so ago called In the Dream House which um was well it's not it's not a novel it's kind of an autobiography an autobiography based on um this woman's experience of sort of emotional domestic abuse at the hands of her partner and they were in um a same-sex couple and it's a really interesting it's a really interesting book because it kind of I think it, I think it talks about a lot of things that we never see in lesbian narratives, which is kind of about emotional abuse, manipulation, microaggressions, sort of the insidiousness of abuse within a relationship that might not be physical, or it might be, but I think that it's important that these stories are told and kind of like a sort of difficulties with sort of monopolization and power struggle and all of those things that we hear about in the story in Girl, Woman, Other are in this book. And it, it, it really sort of demonstrates the hopelessness that the main character feels. And it has, so it's sort of set into like different chapters. And then it tells an account of like a particular time when she was being abused um, by her partner sort of emotionally. And it was, she made it like a choose your own adventure game so she was like if you think I should have said this skip to page whatever and it just showed how um you know when you're in this really toxic cycle of abuse there is no like good answer like it's always gonna end badly for the person who is being abused there's no way to kind of um talk yourself out of it work your way out of it other than it just ending like it sort of it has to end and I think that the the kind of resolution at the end of that story um, felt really hopeful and that there was that community around her that sort of helped her out of it. So yeah, I, I, that was like definitely my favourite chapter. Yeah, I had no idea that you had read In the Dream House. That book is top of my to buy and read because I love Carmen Maria Mercado like so much. Her Body yeah. and Other Parties is one of my favourite books I've ever read, which is short stories. Um, and I love her. She's, like, great on all the things. Um, and, yeah, I didn't know you'd read In the Dream House. Like, yeah, I've I'm desperate to, to read that. Yeah, because um, it, it kept it kept coming up as um, a thing for me to read because she was in, like, loads of... It was weird. It was like, um, you know, sometimes you feel like the universe is, like, pointing you in a certain direction because yes. you see so many... Um, things about a certain author or artist or something and it wasn't as though you know it was being advertised to me or anything it was mainly through like podcasts all at the same time like just random ones I happened to find or listen to had her on as a speaker um and she's a really great um public speaker and yeah um yeah that she's I haven't I haven't read the whole thing um I need to buy the book but um she's done some really long different excerpts on all those different podcasts that I've listened to so I've um listened to those and thought they're really nice good. yeah no um uh speaking of um I mean yeah I'm definitely gonna read that and um I agree with you that it is uh good to have these stories told definitely and Girl Woman Other does a very good job of that uh, speaking of uh, Carmen Maria Mercado, she has been a guest on this little podcast I've been listening to 
which is called what is it called it's called the scaredy cats horror show which is um from the guys who do reply all from gimlet media basically yeah. one of them is like terrified of watching horror films and one of them loves them so they started this little podcast like just in quarantine where the one of them like recommends films that, that the one who's scared has to watch to like build up his like um Scary movie Callous. Callous. <laughs> yeah, scary movie Callous. Um, and it is so good. And she guests on two of them because she is obsessed with horror and stuff like that. Um, and she's dead funny. And uh, if you're into horror films, um, they have hit some of the like classics they talk about. Um, Alien, they just they just did um, a double bill of Hereditary and Midsommar. Um, oh, they Hereditary. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. And like, it's so good. It's really, really fun to listen to if you're into horror films and stuff. Um, and the the culmination of this project is because uh, PJ, the one who's scared of watching horror films, really wants to watch Get Out, which is not that scary. Like, it is scary, but it's not that scary in terms of like... Uh, horror films um but that is what they are watching this week in the finale episode um and i'll be sad for it to be finished because i've been really enjoying like listening people to people talk about horror and stuff like that and yeah um i would highly recommend that as a podcast so in terms of things that have been happening in your ears what is your track of the week olivia (laughs) well you might already know what my track of the week is it depends how much you are chained to my instagram stories um because (laughs) I did post it on uh, Instagram a couple of days ago because I love it so much. And it is, um, so Trixie Mattel, who I love the most, um, did a cover of um, a song by Lavender Country. And Lavender Country, um, the main guy um, who makes up Lavender Country, it's um, it's like country music. And it was the first out queer man to um sing country music um that you know charted and that we knew about sort of thing um and it's a really old song that he sings um called stranger and Trixie covered it but covered it in collaboration with lavender country so um they did together and honestly it just makes my heart just melt it's so cute and um I watched an interview with the two of them and he's like quite an elderly man now. And um, he was just like saying loads of like hilarious, um, just saying like loads of hilariously like inappropriate things, but with just like absolutely no shame and Trixie was just absolutely creasing. And um, (laughs) it's, you know, a song about, um, yeah, just like queer longing, love, sex. And um, it's a really beautiful song. And I think that the lyrics are just so... So just like earnest and cute and nice, but we know that he's got a cheeky side. So um, one of the one of the lyrics that I that I really like that um, I really just want someone to say to me. So if you could all just say it to me, I'd appreciate it. Um, Note, yeah, my favorite lyric is "You're hotter than the popcorn dancing in the pan." Oh, love that! That's yeah. great. Love yeah. That. Um, yeah I am I I saw your Instagram story of this and I was like that's gonna be a track of the week (laughs) but I had (laughs) forgotten that when you said that just then and I and I had made a mental note to listen to it but I did not and now I'm sad that I haven't because it it does sound completely up my street um obviously obsessed with any sad country in any country um and I am gonna rectify that right now no not right now but (laughs) as soon as possible (laughs) 
very good track of the week <laughs> yeah I definitely thought it would be something that you would enjoy as well um it came from um so if you follow Trix Mattel on YouTube she has a playlist on there called full full frontal I think it's called um where she does I think it's on a Friday where she'll prepare and shoot a cover song um you know, just as a fun thing on YouTube. And this was what this week's one was. And it came, it's now available on Spotify. So you can listen to it there. Nice. What is your track of the week? Yeah. So my track of the week is from Kevin Morby, who is the singer songwriter, um, goes out with Waxahachie, someone I also love and have shouted out on this podcast before. And the track is Nothing Sacred, All Things Wild from his newest album, Oh My God, which I love as a name of an album. <laughs> um, and he just has like this gorgeous tone to his voice, sings about, you know, all like great things, you know, all the nice things, love, pain depression anxiety Mm. addiction etc um and this song this whole album actually sounds sort of like quite like it's like he's delivering a sermon it's sort of quite gospel-y um but really nice tone to it sort of like sort of like leonard cohen-esque um if you want something to relate it to and yeah i've just been really enjoying it's been very soothing to me uh, a nice balm in these times when I've been writhing in period pain. <laughs> so I would recommend if you need uh, something to uh, take away those blues. And another um, than and other than writhing in pain um, this week, Lucy, is there anything else that you don't agree with? Because it's time for I don't agree with it. Right, Olivia, I'll take the helm this time. I'll go first. Now I don't agree. With, I mean, I kind of agree with it, but I don't agree with it. I it's one of those double-pronged, two-pronged forks, whatever they say. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with the reintroduction in my life of the stress that is trying to run a fantasy football team. <laughs> <laughs> so the Premier League has started literally right now, um, this evening, uh, with um, you know empty crowds, so it's just the players playing trying to be distant they're supposed to like not hug each other when they score and stuff like that but they've all been tested and blah blah blah. um and uh as much as i'm love to see that the football is back because i'm a big football fan um i absolutely was so stressed in this week trying to do my bloody fantasy football team i was like oh god i've forgotten how stressful this is and i think now is a time when i really don't need any extra stressors so why is it stressful Oh, because Olivia, you have to make sure you get the right players and you have to, because you've got to get the most points so that you can like do the best. And it's really hard to do in the best of times, um, but it's specifically hard to do at the moment because usually one of the main things that you can go off is like players form, you know, like how well they've done in the most recent matches, but there haven't been any. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. So it's not, it's not, it's not so much hard to like organize it as it is to just play it. Yes, yes. It's not hard to organise at all or whatever. It's very easy to do, but it's um, very stressful to get it right. And um, I let me tell you, we're five minutes to the deadline of 5pm this evening, texting my dad being like, excuse me, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and, he was just, and he was just going, hmm, hmm, well, you could do this. Hmm, you could do that. I was like, we have got four minutes. Can you please make a decision for me? <laughs> oh, right. But doesn't he have his own? Doesn't he want to beat you? He has his own, but mine is sort of like his, it's like his side hustle as well. <laughs> so he likes oh, okay. to help me. I'm like his, um, you know, he's like my coach. 
in this. He's teaching me the ways. Right. So, like, if you win, he wins, basically. Yeah, but I'm not going to win. Adam's going to win probably this year, which is a big turn up for the books. But, you know, so fingers crossed, his is the most important team. Um, But anyway, it's just a little bit of stress. And I feel like I haven't had to do anything that's had like an actual deadline for a long time. (laughs) So it's weird to me because I haven't been working and stuff, obviously. So um, it was incredibly my, my, my blood, whatever it is. What is the, my blood pressure had risen. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) What do you not agree with? Probably me for complaining about fancy football when you've got an actual job that's really very difficult. <laughs> no, look, we all have our cross to bear and I wouldn't know where to begin with fantasy football. So I'll leave it to the experts. Um, my <laughs> <laughs> um, don't agree with it this week. Now, I may need to like take this back in case she does something truly like horrendous next week. But this is about All Stars 5. And um, it's about the positioning of Miss Cracker as a villain of the piece. Oh, right. Okay. So lots of edits. Yeah. So I feel like there's been an edit that has like weirdly made, or not an edit, but sort of maybe an editorial push or skew to position Cracker as someone who is like really like cold and villain-esque and just sort of like starting arguments where... There doesn't need to be one. And then she basically, she basically was quite mean to Angina. And, but it was, it was weirdly like after the issue had already like happened and was resolved and people had moved on. And then she just kind of like retroactively like picked at this scar and it didn't feel like something that she would ever do. And it felt like it was placed in a really weird place when like we'd already gone past that point. And I just felt like it didn't it didn't sit very well. And I just don't think that Cracker is the villain of the of the piece at all. And it just annoyed me that she was like being positioned in that way because I didn't feel that like that was really her saying those words, maybe. Yeah. And I think we've spoken before about like uh the edits of drag race, different iterations of it and stuff, and how like it's um it's not like is it necessary to have a villain? Why do we have to have a villain as well? So like if they're manufacturing that, that's even more like disappointing and not very great. So hopefully yeah. she and doesn't I- turn out to be actually being really horrible all the time. I don't know, but they probably yeah, are just manufacturing it because they want it. To me, it just doesn't chime with her personality and how we got to know her in her like main series at all. And so it just feels really unnatural in stage. And I think it's one thing to edit something for a particular skew but another thing to kind of like maybe obviously I don't know what goes on behind the scenes or like what's kind of what the conversations are editorially but it just made me feel like that was just not a natural conversation and we've seen the learnings from RuPaul's Drag Race UK that like by and large you don't need to have those same sort of engineered dramas in order to have drama just you know within the competition itself and to get to know the queens like and then there was this whole bit about how you know she doesn't have any friends and she finds it really hard to like gel with people she's like not she's like quite cold and and unpersonal and I thought like that is not that's not the cracker that we saw in the previous series like yes we saw someone who um struggled to kind of let go and was a bit of a perfectionist but we definitely saw like a fallible quite humble genuine person and it just 
yeah if, if it's been sort of like engineered for views it just it didn't feel right to me so I don't agree with it absolutely fair enough and now on to somebody else who we would absolutely not agree with if anyone ever tried to skew her in a negative light it's time for Celine watch so Olivia what has Celine been up to I know it's not very much (laughs) (laughs) well it's not very much but there was something that I wanted to talk about, which I'm surprised I actually haven't mentioned um, to you before. And it was a story that I came across last month and it's in W Magazine. And basically it is about Celine Dion and Barbara Streisand. And I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a story that is entitled Barbara Streisand Unearth a Creepy Doll that actually represents a piece of musical duet history. So... Barbara Streisand was going through her basement, okay? And she did an Instagram story where she said, Celine Dion gave me this doll years ago before we did our duet together. And in the picture, there's a picture of the creepiest doll possibly in the universe. And it is giant, absolutely giant. It's in a high chair. It's about the size of a toddler. It's in a wooden high chair. And it was given, yes, it was given to her by Celine over two decades ago. She's got like brown, like nails and like really matted hair and like a barrette. But honestly, it is the creepiest doll ever. Um, So the duet in question is called Tell Him, which was a 90s pop ballad about Celine Dion being scared to tell a man that she's in love. And Streisand basically telling her that she has to let this guy know about it. So it says here, the story goes that Dion performed twice at the 1997 Academy Awards, the first artist ever to do so on the same night as the ceremony. And Streisand was, sto- and Streisand was so struck by the performances, she sent a note to the singer praising her for her vocals and requesting that they do a duet next time. So the two eventually recorded Tell Him and each released the song as the debut single from their albums, Higher Ground and Let's Talk About Love. And it was the first time they recorded anything together and they received a Grammy nomination the following year. So this is a missing piece of the story until now. So Celine Dion must have apparently sent Barbara Streisand this gift in response to her note. So it's this like really freaky, like antique doll. Um, But that is literally the story. I don't know where that leap has been made from, you know, duetting over this love song to sending a full-size, like, seven-year-old in a high chair. I don't know the ins and outs, but it's quite possibly the weirdest Celine watch that we've ever done. Olivia, what is happening? (laughs) What? That is insane. That is so cracked. That is so... I I have like I have like a hate love relationship with um, a creepy doll because I absolutely hate them, but love to like hear about creepy doll stories. Um, that's horrendous. I I'm yes, she sent me the picture. Let's have a look. <laughs> I'm really scared. You should be. I can't believe I can't believe this. I missed. Uh, oh my god! I thought that was no. That's Barbara Streisand. What the? F- <laughs> oh my god! My put her hand up in front of the screen to block it out. <laughs> <laughs> that is horrible. 
all. I know, isn't it really? Clean thinking. And and what what gets me is not how creep, not just how creepy the doll is, but how large it is. Why is it that it's large? It's so big. Why does it come with its own furniture? <laughs> <laughs> that is the weirdest, and I think the best Celine watch we've ever done. Wow. That is insane. That just really is. Um, she she. she she contains multitudes. She's a woman of many layers. And there's a lot more. It's given me hope. There's a lot more for us to untap about our gal Celine. <laughs> Hidden death. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, uh. so on that note, no. so on that note, Lucy, I think that marks the end of another gorgeous and quite frankly freaky episode. Yes, and maybe the end of our lives. I feel like we're probably going to be um, taken by this doll, never to return. Possessed. Yeah, our, our computers are going to be possessed now, so yeah. probably can't record ever again. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, if you've got any uh, creepy dolls that you know celebrities have been cavorting with, please do get in touch. We would love to hear about it, maybe. I don't know if we would, um, but yeah, sure, why not? Um, you can do that by talking to talking to us, yeah, talking to us on Instagram and Twitter at QueerLonging or emailing us QueerLonging at gmail.com. I can't speak. Olivia, you're going to have to round it out. I can't talk. I'm <laughs> okay. Um, you can send us creepy dolls or whatever takes your fancy on Twitter at QueerLonging or you can email us QueerLonging at gmail.com. But until that auspicious time, we will be loving you, leaving you and longing for you until next week. Bye. Bye. Have you listened to any podcasts this week? Yeah, but I can't be asked.